Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are we recording? Yes, we are. I'm scared. <laughs> Gospel Tangents is supported by users like you. Please support us at gospeltangents.com or on Patreon. It's the best source for Mormon history, science, and theology. And first daily Mormon history podcast, I'm Rick Bennett. In our next conversation with Scott Vance, we're going to talk more about funding of these LDS-adjacent groups. There's some very rich people on this list, that's for sure. You won't want to miss this conversation. Check it out. Well, let's talk about that because I know another thing that you said was the church wants these to be independent, but they're, you know, you talked about the guy with the card to get into the church building. And so there's some fuzziness coordination there or something. Sure. Talk more about that. Uh, About why the church wants them to be independent or? Well, that as well as is there funding going on with the church? Sure. So so in terms of funding, uh, the easiest way to see the funding is to pull the 990 forms um, that are available. And those are available from 2005 to 2018 for the Morgood Foundation. They're all public. They're all online. You can read them uh, just like I did. And and you can scrape the data off of that. And you can see that um, on any given year, the church, uh, the foundation... Uh, the LDS Foundation, I believe it's called, okay. um, which is which is one of the organizations that the church owns. Um, I believe it's where they keep the money from their private businesses. Okay, um, that they gave. Uh, oh, I hate to get the wrong number, but it's approximately one hundred forty thousand dollars to the uh, Morgood Foundation. That that figure has varied year to year, and it started a lower number in two thousand five, and then crept up over time, um, and then was basically flat after that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the money is there. Uh, so they're getting $150,000 a year, sure. roughly. Sure. Okay. Um, and then you can look at the private donors and you can calculate it out and it comes out to about 20% of the total donations that they, they get. Just from mom and pop, whatever. A kind like of rich mom and pop, very rich mom and pop <laughs> that, that just happened to give a hundred thousand here or a million here, whatever. Oh, so these are... Mitt Romney type people? Uh, Mitt Romney is not on the list. But, okay. But some other people are. The, the, there's uh, people from Word Perfect. Let me see if I can bring up the list here. Um, but there's, uh, sure. So um, extra space storage. Uh, there's Spencer Kirk, Ken Woolley, um, who have combined, uh, have combined donations of almost $5 million. To? To the More Good Foundation. Just the Morgood Foundation. Yes, and and one of these guys, I believe, was the founder of the foundation. So he's personally invested, and he's been on the board of the foundation since it started. So, I mean, he's part of the foundation, so he's giving his own money, which makes sense, right? Okay. Um, and then you have the LDS Church, and then uh, Ashton Family Foundation, which is essentially the founder of WordPerfect, gave $1.8 million over the years. Uh, you've got um, some people from NewScan. You've got the One Foundation, Stephen Lund and Blake Rooney, um, combined donations of approximately 1.5 million. Wow! So, so pretty rich Mormons. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are the people down there giving. These aren't ten and twenty dollar donations. No, no, and and in fact, they probably receive ten and twenty dollar donations, but they don't put those in the tax form, so you wouldn't see those anyway. You only see figures that are above five thousand dollars. Five thousand, you said. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And so the church, even though they do contribute to some of these organizations, the percentage is relatively small because these rich donors are doing a lot more. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah. Yeah, there was, there was one year, 2018, which was kind of special and weird in terms of the finances um, because uh, in that year, Spencer Kirk gave, I believe, $3 million to the Morgan Foundation and the LDS Church gave... Um, I forget if it was one or two million, but it was it was a big chunk of change that year. Oh. Um, and then also that year, you had the More Good Foundation giving money to Book of Mormon Central and to FAIR and to the Interpreter Foundation. So the church didn't give money to FAIR and the Interpreter Foundation <laughs> and Book of Mormon Central, but they but gave it to the More Good Foundation. The More Good Foundation happened in the same year to just happen to give money to these organizations. This sounds like money laundering. It really does sound like money laundering. And in fact, it's so obvious that the fair went on their website and they had an official denial of just because we got money from them and they got money from the church does not mean that the church is funding us. Um, <laughs> they have a nice blog post. So to clarify that in case you were curious. Okay. I'll have to get that link from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, 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 so you're way more interested in this than me, but this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I found it interesting. Yeah. Well, where else do we go from here? What else can you tell us about this? Um, so uh, in terms of finances, there's not a lot left to say. The the um, fair tries to be financially independent, but they were just running short of funds in 2018, and they needed a cash infusion, and they got it from the church. And um, But it's largely a volunteer organization. Um, all of these organizations are largely volunteer-based. Um, and, and that's where I came up with my model at the end of the presentation in terms of, of what these organizations look like from an organizational perspective. I compared them to um, essentially concerned citizens and private groups helping the government during a war. I, I used the example from the Second World War. Um, I can go through that if you want. Or yeah, go just, ahead. Uh, sure. So there was um, a lot of people are familiar with the Enigma code, but it turns out the Germans had multiple codes, and one of them was based on a telegraph machine, and it was incredibly complex, and it was very hard to break, obviously. Um, but they had some great theoreti uh, theoretical mathematicians who figured out a way to essentially break it, but it required a ton of computing power. And at this time, computers didn't exist, as we know them. Um, there was the... Uh, bomb, which was used to break the Enigma, which consisted of a bunch of uh, essentially rotary switches. Um, and that was basically the first computer. And that was the British that broke that one, right? Uh, yes and no. They, it was the British, but they only could break it because the Poles gave them all the answers they needed. Oh. There, there were three Polish mathematicians who'd been working on it since the early 1930s who had managed to break the previous generations. So they gave all that information to the Brits, and then the Brits built on that and were able to. The Brits were brilliant, but they cheated. They had... Which, that help. Yeah, they did. Which, which anyway, you do that during, in more time. Uh, anyhow, uh, so the first real computer, I'm calling real computer, that used um, valves or vacuum tubes, which were the precursor of transistors, 
was built by Tommy Flowers. Tommy Flowers was not part of the official organization. He was not part of the government. He was not working for the War Department. But he knew some people, and they were impressed with what he could do. And so he went back to his lab, and with a group of people, he built uh, the first computer, which was called Colossus. He got it to work with a thousand valves, which was unheard of at that time to have a you know a thousand vacuum tubes operating at the same time and keep them operating for weeks and months on on end. Because they get hot. They do get hot, but he had some clever techniques of keeping the voltage low and always keeping them on and never turning them on and off, and and he managed to make everything work. Hmm. Um, anyway, so I use this as an analogy because Tommy Flowers is not part of the official organization, but if he needs some cash maybe the official organization is going to give him some cash because they need what he can provide. Um, he's highly motivated. At the end of the war, uh, the government hadn't paid him back, so he was in debt for all these vacuum tubes that he had purchased with his own funds to build the first computer, which helped you know, the British win the Second World War. Um, it was incredibly successful to the point that this computer, they kept running for the next 12 years until 1959, um, because it worked, right? <laughs> so a, a decade after the transistor was invented, they were still using this computer. So that's what the More Good Foundation is. Yeah, it's, it's concerned individuals. It's people who really are devoted to the, to the overall movement, um, who take some initiative but have some inside connections. And via these inside connections, they can get direction from the organization. They can see what the organization wants. The organization can, can tell them, hey, could you fix this? And then they can go off and fix it. Um, that's the model that I'm proposing. Uh, I don't know if it's a good model or a bad model, but, but that's the analogy that makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Is there anything else that we need to cover from your presentation? Uh, on the presentation, um, only one thing I'd like to throw out, which is this causes a little bit of confusion for believers because believers don't know that these organizations are supported by the church. And so when the believers are looking for official messages... They don't know if they can trust these organizations or other organizations online, which look very similar. There's Book of Mormon Central and there's Book of Mormon Evidences. <laughs> and if you're a lay member just Googling things, you could come to either site and not understand which has the church's message and which has a different message, which is not what the church wants you to hear. <laughs> um, and so that's the risk I see with using these organizations is, is a messaging risk. The, uh, what is Book of Mormon Evidences? Book of Mormon Evidences... Uh, it's described as a heartland organization. Um, they talk about, uh, for instance, the Yermanthumum, the Yermanthumum glasses, uh, as being the actual and only method that Joseph used to translate the Book of Mormon. Mm. They are so seerstone deniers, that sort of thing. Um, they talk about the giant race that existed, and that's why the Yermanthumum were large, um, which actually is quoting um, Joseph Smith Sr., um, so, so they're not incorrect in terms of their history there, but it's not something that the church currently espouses, that there was this race of giants and that that's why the German Thummim were large, etc. <laughs> you can kind of get it from the Book of Mormon, but you have to look yeah. for it. Yeah. So Book of Mormon Evidences is, is, I believe that's run by Rod Meldrum, right? It's quite possible. I'm sorry, I don't know. I think it is, or I believe that's right. So that's... It's not to be confused with Book of Mormon. Well, Book of Mormon Central has changed their name. Now they're just Scripture Central, right? Correct, yeah. And okay. I know, like, Casey Griffiths is highly involved in Scripture Central. Yeah. Because uh, they, they used to have Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants. Prologate and, Price. Yeah, Central, and then they were like, let's just combine these. Yep, yep, that's right. So now they're Scripture Central. Yep. 
Um, but, well, and I think if I remember right, Jonathan Neville, who's a Heartlander, uh-huh. really doesn't like Book of Mormon Central because they're more mezzo. <laughs> they are, as is fair. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the official line that the people who are aligned with the LDS Church are, are going with. Because the official line for the LDS Church is, we are agnostic as to where the Book of Mormon uh, took place. Yes, that, that is the new official line, right? <laughs> but if you go back to the 1990s, when I was a student at BYU, we were taught the Mesoamerican theory is the most likely theory. That used to be the, the roughly official church line. Um, it's still pretty semi-official, I would say. I, I think so, yeah. But when the church gets concerned about a topic... They make it unofficial and they stop talking about it. Um, <laughs> you say that with like Noah and the flood, right? Worldwide flood. And not, not a lot of physical evidence for that. So maybe let's not talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Except for they still talk about Sunday school. I haven't seen a lot in general conference. I think it's pretty much disappeared from general oh. conference. I don't know about Sunday school, but I, I did a search on that a while back. And after 1980, it just kind of drops off. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that they talk about the flood in the conference. And, and in fact, in some of the more recent, I did look through the LDS, uh, the Old Testament um, manual, and they hint in some of the lessons now that this could be allegorical um, in some of the creation stories and the flood stories and things like that. So that mm-hmm. they're allowing for different interpretations there. Okay. Well, cool. Anything else you have? Uh, nothing important on this topic. Um, I, I go through a little bit about how the different demographics, different groups are, are aimed for different demographics. Uh, Fair Mormon, I believe, is, is more aimed for the middle-aged crowd, maybe the more educated crowd. Book of Mormon Central, I think, is aimed towards teenagers, primarily, and, and young people. And I see that as well with the Saints Unscripted videos and the new channels being offered um, through the More Good Foundation, that they're primarily concerned with people between the ages of 12 and 25, as far as I can tell. Okay. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Scott Vance. In our next conversation, we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk about seer stones and urims and thummims. I, I thought I knew the history as well as anybody. I obviously didn't, but um, I had heard nothing about seer stones. And so when I finally read Brody's book and it talked about seer stones, I was like, yeah, Brody made some mistakes. E- even though I left the church, I still didn't believe that Joseph Smith had used a brown seer stone. Oh. So come 2015, when the church... So your in, team, you and Thumb, too, or you used to be? Well, I, I was, in the sense that I, I was like, there's no way that the church would not tell the truth about this, because why would they, why would they be deceptive about this? It didn't make any sense to me. So I was like, eh, it's your stone now. No. Okay. Uh, anyway, 2015 comes along, and they publish a picture of the seer stone, and I'm taken by surprise. Okay. Thanks for listening, and I hope you to continue to enjoy Gospel Tangents. Consider becoming a Patreon or go to gospeltangents.com shop and you can get a cool tie, a hat, or even a nice mug. You can also get a sweatshirt. So check it out at gospeltangents.com shop. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.